Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Muddy Leads Mathematical Radio Hour, where we discuss myth, math, spirituality, philosophy, science, conspiracy, politics, and so much more www.martyleads33.com Last night on the phone before we set up the time for the show, we were discussing, going back to, we also talked about this at the beginning of tonight's broadcast, about masonry, uh, about the Illuminati, about secret societies, and we wanted to demystify some of that mysticism, demystify some of the confusion around those secret societies, those secret orders, those institutions. Uh, again, we did a little bit of that, but maybe we can do a little bit more. I think it is so important. Right after the Right after the Super Bowl halftime show this year, I usually do a, a big show about Super Bowl halftime show about the Olympics. Uh, I went on Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis a handful of times. We, we talk about that because his show is similar in terms of symbolism. And I remember the next morning after I had watched that halftime show, I had... Well, who was it? Can I... Who was at the halftime? The halftime was Lady Gaga this year, and she was. She, oh, she came down. <laughs> Wonderful! As, it was an easy one. It was really easy to do. <laughs> she she came down as the fallen angel, and she there were two giant pillars on stage. I mean, it was really simple to to uh, to pick apart the symbols and and their meanings. Although you get more information as you sit and you stare at it and 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 look at it and watch it and listen to it. But I did that. Took some notes, and I was talking with Clyde and his producer. And he basically saw what I was seeing, and within a matter of 12 hours, I started getting sent emails from listeners who said, I know you're probably going to talk about this, but look, I already found this online. And there were just article after article after article, video after video, YouTube videos, which it's a great platform, but there's a lot of people that just make random stuff up and have no clue what they're talking about. And it was just one thing after another about how the halftime show was satanic. It was all the Illuminati behind the performance. That's who's writing Lady Gaga's paycheck. And, you know, there has to be, there has to be I think, Marty, uh, a separation between the Illuminati, secret societies, that, that whole realm as an ideology, as a concept, and as a symbol, and the actual secret society that exists or did exist, uh, did exist, and whether or not the two are the same, which I don't believe that they are, plus all of the other various branches. And, and, and what I mean by that is that in, in historical terms, you do have a group called the Illuminati, the Bavarian Illuminati, 
May 1st, 1776, Adam Weishaupt, the Bavarian law professor, their mm-hmm. stated agenda was to infiltrate Freemasonry, we're told. So you separate that from Illuminism and from the rising of the tomb from Lazarus, Jonah in the well, uh, Pythagoras initiated in the Great Pyramid, uh, the initiations of, uh, of, of pretty much every single culture on this planet, even in the very, very Eastern Japanese mythology, you have the sun goddess Amaterasu, who's in the grave for three days and then rises forth as the rising sun to bring light back to the world. It's everywhere. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's when I learned. Uh, I was doing a music video. It was about Japan, and I started doing research, and I, I saw this story, and it said this woman, she dies, she's in the grave for three days, and she's risen. I thought, that sounds really familiar. So I researched yeah, I that it, one before, huh? <laughs> researched it a little bit, and uh, I even have a mythology book. There's a big Japanese painting with her coming forth from from the tomb. So it's uh, obviously you know what that represents. Our listeners do too. Um, I just I just start rambling here, uh, but but my point is the Illuminati existed as a secret society, but the Illuminati is also a concept today where people say Illuminati. It could mean a group of 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 elitists. It could mean a group of secret societies. They could be elitists. They're infiltrating different governments. Mm-hmm. They're trying to control the world. Or it could just be a Facebook group that I join. You know, mm-hmm. Ryan Gable liked the secret or liked the secret teachings. He liked the Illuminati on Facebook. It could mean a lot of different things. Does that make sense, Marty? Yeah, there there is definitely a distinction there between um, the group Illuminati, which from I, that original group that you're talking about, Adam Weishaupt, what was it, 1776, 1776. right, that he supposedly started this group. There's there's records of that. Um, and then there's that group, and then there's what Illuminati sort of just taken on its own sort of name now, right? And if, if anything, the they that we're talking about has become this term Illuminati, right? Well, from what I gather, the original Illuminati, from Adam Weishaupt's own words, if these quotes are are legitimate, is that I, I don't think that that was a, a I think that was a nefarious secret society. Some of these secret societies are started for very sick, nefarious agendas. And I, I honestly think the Illuminati was one of them. And in fact, one of the quotes from Adam Weishaupt, I wish I had it on the ready, but I don't. But one of the quotes that I got from Adam Weishaupt was that is that he actually talked about infiltrating the lower three degrees of Freemasonry. So this is the founder of the Illuminati talking about infiltrating masonry. Mm-hmm. So now when, as far as like, um, what are we talking about? Okay. So as far as like halftime shows being an Illuminati ritual or whatever, and, and making the distinction between, Oh, if, if it's some secret society that may or may not exist anymore and what Illuminati is, you know, generally by the YouTube audience, what that means to them. I, I do think that those halftime rituals are dark occult rituals. And when we talk about, you said, oh, it's so easy. I had all these people writing me, telling me that it's like, oh, I basically deciphered and decoding this thing on the fly because it's just so apparent, right? Of course, Lady Gaga is just, you know. Um, That's a slam dunk. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? It's just so damn easy because who she's involved with. So um, two of the things you were saying was um, Angel Falling. Oh, the two pillars, Right. You said there was Those two were pillars. At the Super Bowl halftime show, too. Yes. T- t- talking about demystifying things. I don't know how many times I've seen people point out the pillars of uh, Yakin and Boaz, right? Mm-hmm. That masonry highlights so much. And Ph- people see those pillars. Of, uh, I think it's philosophy and science of Francis Bacon. The two pillars, philosophy and science, built on philosophy uh, and science. Okay. So I didn't the mean pillars, to interrupt you. No, that's right. Um, 
the pillars of Yakin and Boaz. I don't know how many times I've seen this on, I mean, just endless YouTube videos where people are like, look, that's a movie or that's somebody pointing out uh, and, and flashing the pillars of Yakin and Boaz. That's masonry. That's evil. I mean, I don't know countless times I've seen that. And, and then I'm just what, like, that's what I mean. That's what I'm referring to. The immediate labeling of something that yeah. no one's researched. And then I'm like, wait a second. Those were the pillars that were outside of King Solomon's temple. So why did you associate those things with masonry and then evil when really they're talking about pillars that were outside of King Solomon's temple? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the level of, of research that some of these people do. And it's really sad when they talk about Lady Gaga presenting that stuff to a Super Bowl halftime, I think we're, that that goes that falls in the. I think I think we all know it falls in the category of the exploitation. The sure, mockery, sure. All the, the people perversion. watching, the tens of millions of people watching, all the energy that's directed towards watching the halftime show, uh, yeah. or just watching the Super Bowl in general. And we see this in movies. We see this in TV. It's in kids shows. Sometimes, perhaps, it's preserved in a way where it's a movie that that preserves one of these myths, like Beauty and the Beast. You have the symbol of the rose again, the rose dying. The beast is materiality. Only beauty and harmony can save the beast and turn him back into his divine, kingly, princely self. Uh, You have the story again, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White. She's got the seven dwarfs. There's the number seven. Uh, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on, but we see this all around us, and when we start to recognize what those symbols mean, including not just animals and and colors and uh, anything in nature, but the fundamental basis of nature, the, the mind of God, God, numbers, which are symbols, we can understand better what's happening. It's not just a Pepsi commercial. It's not just Lady Gaga, you know, coming down from the rafters holding a, uh, I think she had she had the two pyramids superimposed over uh, uh, a Merkaba. She had a Merkaba staff at the halftime show she's holding while she's oh, really? singing, <laughs> singing on top of the two pillars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the. the so, okay, so. I'm, yeah, go I'm ahead. Go, stop go, you no, there, go ahead. Go ahead. That's what's so important about people learning this stuff because most people see that stuff and they're like, oh, it's all devil. It's all, it's all Illuminati. It's all blah, 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 blah. And that subjects you, you to them. But if you do learn this stuff, they can't use it against you. When you realize that those pillars. Yaquin and Boaz, number one, those pillars in English, Gamatria, encode the number 364, which is what we just talked about with 777. The pillars number do? Number one, yeah, Yaquin and Boaz, if you multiply them and then add them together, it's 364. Yaquin multiplied is 360, Boaz multiplied is four. And, and what do you think 911, which is, by the way, a digital symbol now, we say 911, but what do you think that event really was? You said the lighting of the Pentagon or the Pentagram on fire, and you had the bringing down of the two towers, the twin pillars. Again, those twin pillars are also right behind the Kaaba at Mecca as well. Those pillars are so symbolic. And, and Osiris was, what was he, raised as a pillar in the uh, palace of the Syrian king. He was entombed in the pillar. The pillar are the wise trees. The God is inside of the tree, the wisdom of the trees. We saw that in the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings could be Saturn, and in the Lord of the Rings you had a movie called The Two Towers, where you had <laughs> the Eye of Sauron with the two horns, and the two horns of Isis or Hathor or uh, Cernonus, I think is how you pronounce it, a Greek god, uh, the god the god Pan who plays the flute like Orpheus. Or, I, I'll just go on and on, Marty. You, you, have, you do have to stop me. 
No, that's all right. Um, <laughs> let me do a few things here. Let's talk about those two pillars. I'm making some notes here. And then 9-11 and squaring the circle. Okay. Sure, sure. So let me just write these notes so I don't forget so we go off our track here. Okay, um, right. The two pillars. There, um, I, I, I mentioned Richard Gasaro earlier. I did an interview with him on my uh, podcast, Marty Mathematical Radio Hour. And what he's done, just some fantastic work, fantastic work. Not enough people know this guy's work, but going basically around the world and showing that there's this what he calls the God self icon and the guy and it's found everywhere, man, everywhere you will see a representation of this icon. And it is I mean, it's so ubiquitous. You called it the God basically self. all it is is a human. Be- You've probably seen it. You may even know what he was talking about, but it's basically a human being and it's got a staff here and a staff here. And symbolically, what that represents is the the duality of creation. That's man, woman, sun, moon, chaos and order, good and evil, left and right, up and down, forward and reverse. And it's the balance of those two opposites, right? And so when you have, and that's that's a deep knowledge system. It's basically it's basically what what we could call the universal religion. And that is the merging of opposites in the self. You see it in Hermeticism, Hermes and Aphrodites, right? Hermaphrodite. You see it in alchemy. You'll see tons of these of where you'll see a, a singular body and a man and woman's head holding the compasses and square often. And it's this idea of the, the eternal opposites and man being strung between heaven and earth, if you will, right? And emerging the two. Squaring the circle is the merging of heaven and earth. It's the merging of those two pillars. So you have something um, very deep uh, spiritually or, or psychologically when you have the, the tumbling of those two pillars coming down on 9-11. Right. I mean, it's basically them. It's 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 a it's a symbolic act to say that we're destroying, in my opinion, this is my opinion, a symbolic act of them destroying that universal religion of the merging of the opposites. And that's what you that's what you see. Anyway, they are trying to destroy all of this. The destruction of the temple, like Samson pushing the pillars apart. I'm not I'm not familiar with that. I'm sorry. That's a biblical story. Samson pushes the two. He's yeah. chained and pushes the two pillars. Oh, apart. yeah. Oh, Jesus, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I <laughs> thought you. you would be familiar with that. <laughs> no, it's, I, it's brain fart there. Sorry. Um, 9-11. People think 9-11 happened on 9-11. It didn't. It happened on 7-11. September being 7. It's old, old, so 9-11 is that old did Roman? not happen on 9-11. 9-11 happened on September 11th, and sept means 7. 7-11 is the proportions of the Great Pyramid of Giza, man. 7-7, seven, seven, is that the old month in Rome? September? 11 is your base, 7 is your height. Just like we said, 22. Remember Adam Lanza we talked about? Mm-hmm. 22 and 14. 11 and 7. September, so that's squaring the circle, right? We just talked, um, the video I did deoculting Las Vegas shooting was talking about basically this dark occult ritual in which uh, evokes the name of Jesus Christ and the mathematics of Jesus Christ. And one of the things they're talking about is squaring the circle within all these mathematics. And it's literally right across the street. Route 91 Harvest Festival was right across the street from a representation of the Giza Plateau and the Great Pyramid of Giza, which squares the circle. Now we go to 9-11 and it happens on 7-11, which is squaring the circle. When you, if you make September the seventh month, which is exactly what it is, sept. That means the equinox, the autumnal equinox over here, is at seven twenty-two. It's, the, it's would be September, which is normally nine, but it's actually seven twenty-two. Twenty-two divided by seven is pi. Well, that's exactly what happens on the equinox in the circle of the year. 
you have an equinox that's a line that goes through a circle and that you put the equinox at 722. 22 divided by 7 is pi. And, that's, and so that, that you know, so look at that. They burned a pentagram. They brought down two towers. Those two towers they represent did it the merging date. of opposites, the merging of heaven and earth, the merging of chaos and order, the you know, the merging of heaven and earth, all of that stuff. And then they did it on Great Pyramid of Giza, squaring the circle. Another interesting thing, I just looked this up. I'm writing a new book on occultism. Uh, September was the 7th of the Roman months. And, uh, of course, as you just mentioned, the uh, fall equinox, Maybon is the Sabbat. And as you said, sept, I believe that's French for, for seven. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a derivation of this that means, um, I'm trying to look it up real fast here in this new, this new file. Uh, let's see, seven letters in the word serpent. In French, the word is seven, sept, e, uh, S-E-P-T, uh, which is, of course, very similar to the Egyptian set. Uh, set, yep. Yeah, translated to serpent, known as typhon. Uh, serpents... Typhon is uh, is an anagram for Python, by the way. Python and, and Pythia, Pythios, I believe. I'm sorry, I, I wrote all of this stuff down too. <laughs> I added, added some of this stuff to uh, to this new book just this morning after watching your video, actually, because I thought I'm gonna go back and look in that other book that I had I was reading. Uh, Pythios is 769. So if you have an outer circle with a circumference of 888, which is Jesus, which is also the dove or the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. The inner circle of the sum of the solar square, I believe, is 666. The mean between 888 and 666 is 769, which is Pythios, which is the python. Is that correct? 888 and 666, the mean between those is 769. Um, I'm not sure. If that's the case, though, that that is also Pythios. Sorry, I'm, I'm having some computer issues. Um, which is python. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I don't know that particular... Um, yeah, mathematics you're talking about there, but yes. But but also what, where I was going with this, I, I lost my train of thought and I got it back. Where I was going with this is the merging of heaven and earth, those two triangles. Uh, there, I have an old Manly P. Hall book called Lectures on Ancient Philosophy, and he has that symbol in there, an old, uh, an old text. It's a scan of it, and there's a serpent between those two worlds. The serpent connects like the staff of Moses that turns into a serpent. The serpent connects as an umbilical cord, man to God. God to man. So the serpent is interwoven between the two worlds of heaven and earth. And, and people say the serpent because it's like, oh, the serpent was in what was this overly simplistic thinking and paranoia kind of stuff. But, oh, the serpent was the thing that tricked Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And so therefore all serpents are bad kind of thing. And then you actually look at the, you know, the energy that's that's talked about in Kundalini is a serpentine energy, right? That's what Kundalini means. I mean, she who is coiled, it's a serpent. Well, have you ever left a, an extension cord plugged in? What will happen to the extension cord over time is that the extension cord will turn. Because energy turns, it's it's serpentine, it's it undulates, if you will, you know. So the energy that runs your human vessel is what would be considered a, a, a serpentine energy, right? And then you talk about that we were talking about Lady Gaga and holding up the caduceus, right? Is that what she was doing? Uh, she had, and, she yeah, she had a merkaba, merkaba. Okay, oh, okay, but, but similar to the staff of Hermes. <clears throat> Yes, yeah, Staff Hermes, Rod of Asclepius. There's a bunch of variations of this, of course, but it's essentially the the symbol of health, right? It's essentially at its at its core is basically a staff, a serpent, sometimes two serpents. There's a ball or a, a circle at the top, and then you got the wings. And that, I mean, that's all that you know. The staff. Anytime you see a staff, a scepter, a wand, uh, uh, any of that sort of stuff, that is symbolism. That's symbolic of your erectness. That you're bipedal. That that's your that's your spinal column. That's you being 
erect. And then you have that serpentine energy that's going up that spinal column that has 33 bones, by the way, 33, 33 bones, bones in your spinal column, and it goes up and then it, and then it hits that, the circle of creation and the wings to send you to heaven. And I mean, I mean, I mean, how, how many cultures have we seen this, this a representation of this symbol? Egyptian, Greek, Roman, Hermeticism, alchemy, it's in the Bible. Ser you know? Serpents in, in, in uh, traditional forms of magic, serpents are emblematic of the electrical and magnetic currents of the earth, just in relation to what you said about electricity being serpentine. That's, an mm -hmm. old, uh, that's a symbolism of, uh, I guess you could say, transcendental magic or classical forms of magic, uh, which also magic... I think we could very much classify the research and the work that you do and the stuff that I do on this radio show and in my books. Understanding it is essentially grasping a hold of the magician's wand because otherwise when we watch these events, whether Vegas shooting, Sandy Hook, could be a Super Bowl halftime show, we are watching very, very, very significant symbols flashed on the screen we're watching numbers, which are symbols. We're watching letters and words, which are symbols. We're watching events unfold that are speaking to us on a very subconscious level. And if we don't understand them, as you alluded to and as I suggested, if we don't understand what they mean, they subject us to their will. We become subjected to the will of the magician. And so if we don't question how is this done, the magician maintains power over us. The black magic, you go ahead, go ahead. No, you're you're hitting it on the head. And if you know what would what's magic, it's not really magic if you know how it works. Well, it's like Arthur right? C. Clarke said: any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So the magic that they're using on you, if you know the magic, don't mean shit, right? <laughs> I, Isn't that the beauty of it? Isn't that the beauty of understanding this stuff for you? It is, and that's. I mean, I think I think it is. Now, I mean, which isn't to say I'm not still deceived. I'm not. I I make mistakes. I, you know, I mean, I, I don't have it all together. I don't know everything and stuff like that. But I take me and not just a general arc of growth as in I'm just growing up and I'm just getting older and you just learn more things. <laughs> sure, sure. There's you take me from, you know, I'm breaching 40 now, getting under 40 and me at 25. And I mean, I was a complete idiot. I knew none of this stuff. And now that I've gone through this you know, all of this education Alchemical and, and auto It's like you go through the world and you're just you see it all the time, you see it everywhere. And then you realize that your entire world's built on these things. It absolutely is. I was on a show called Lighting the Void. And when we were on there, I was or I was on there, I was listening to um, what one of the co-hosts was saying about Starbucks being one of the biggest businesses that people try to leave, but always end up coming back to. They try to stop buying the products, but they always come back to it. And I thought, well, that's interesting because what is the symbol of Starbucks? It is the siren Melusine, and the siren sounds draw people in. She's got the five-pointed star. She's got the crown. She's the goddess. She's the queen. She is a, an undine, a, a naiad, a water goddess, but she is a siren. And people try to leave, and they're drawn back in by the siren sound. You think the people that make these logos don't understand and know this? They choose these symbols because of that exact reason, because of the power they hold, which is why you have so many banks and businesses that use the symbols of the sun, from Folgers Coffee to Days Inn to SunTrust Bank, because of the power those symbols uh, 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 emanate and how it magnetically influences us, especially on a subconscious level, if we don't understand it. 
I, I think that's the important point. I would say that there, all of these symbols and all of these numbers and that sort of stuff have a, a power behind them that, that acts on us subconsciously that I would even say that I am, I mean, I would even say I'm largely naive about. I mean, as far as like colors and, and so, and, and I would say that I'm actually, I study symbolism and stuff like that, but there, I think there's still so much to learn here. Um, I think we don't, un, that they carry a power, a subconscious power, just like you're saying, and they affect us deeply. And a lot of times we don't even know. And I think that's a lot of times why you see a lot of this stuff come out naturally in, in with people that don't even know what they're doing with this stuff or don't know any of this canon of information whatsoever. They'll still in designing something still ah, we're going to put those two circles together like a Vesca Pisces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. They might not have, have, they don't, they might not even know what the Vesca Pisces is or the dimensions of it or what it represents or how it's found in Jesus and the Tarot deck and the Islam. They might not know any of that, but something about the power of those things just emanates out. Well, of course it does, because as we're talking about all of creation, the foundation, the blueprints, the, the, the matrix or whatever that's behind all this stuff is, it's all there. Do you have so? I saw you had a tarot deck there. Do you have the high priestess card? Yeah, somewhere around there, on, around the desk. Because the high priestess is a. I find that I find that card represented almost everywhere. You've got the two pillars. Uh, I believe her foot there is on the moon. Uh, the crown of the horns on her head. She's got the cross and then the sacred knowledge holding in the scripture there. Uh, Beyonce portrayed this at the Super Bowl. We saw the symbolism with the high priestess tarot card. Uh, pretty much, I think every Super Bowl halftime show I've looked at since I started this has the symbolism of the High Priestess Tarot card standing between the two pillars. And of course, Jesus was crucified between the two pillars or the two thieves of apparent contradiction. The light on Baphomet, the torch is between the two horns. Uh, a lot of this is, as you had said, a lot of this is Kabbalistic in nature, and a lot of it relates back to the imagery and the symbolism, which is what the tarot cards are, it is a series of symbols that can be interpreted, and they can be interpreted in a variety of ways. And some people interpret those symbols to mean to mean one thing, and a lot of it, I think, plays on the imagination, and that, I believe, is essentially the foundation of magic. It is symbolic action that influences the imagination, and if we understand what those symbols, what those events represent, then it no longer affects us, and we can objectively, without emotion, thinking, oh, people died, it's such a horrible, horrible thing. Okay, somebody dying, that's not necessarily a great thing. I don't necessarily want to see a bunch of people get shot. That's not the point. The point is, though, if you remove that emotion, you can recognize that it's much more than 58 people in Las Vegas dying. It's more than 28 people in the case of Sandy Hook. And, and besides that, when we have our attention drawn to something, the fact that we can look at something like, Sandy Hook or like Las Vegas and say 58 people dying. It's so horrific. It's the worst mass shooting. You know that uh, somewhere around the number of 2,000 to 2,500 people every day die of heart disease. There's no visuals. There's no TV shows about it. There's no newscasts or news broadcasts about it. You might get a 30-second segment once a month. 2,000 people dying a month from heart disease. That's a lot of people. That's as many people that died on 9-11, about 2,000, 2,500 to 3,000. That's CDC numbers. So obviously and our attention is directed towards these events for other reasons. Yeah, of course, right? And you've got all this crying and stuff like that over an event like this, and yet child trafficking goes on every day, and you won't hear anybody talk about per that. Like you're, Harvey you're, you're getting kicked off the air for talking about it, right? <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. We just did a big show, two shows on Harvey Weinstein and how we're focused on the, the one guy as despicable and disgusting as he might be doing a casting couch situ situation. And yeah, that's... 
That's uh, that's unethical, immoral. It's disgusting. But what about Elijah Wood, Corey Hames, Corey Feldman, and all the others that have come out and talked about the producers and the directors raping children, and men? Yeah. Men are involved too. That that's a that's a much more, at the very least, a much more significant story that should get more airtime, and it's ignored because that's like the magician's trick, Marty. They focus attention on the left hand while the right hand performs yeah, the yeah. action. Yeah, right? yeah, you got it. Yeah, I mean the Harvey Weinstein thing, and I'm kind of going off the track here or whatever, but the Harvey Weinstein thing, I've seen so many of these people that are in the alternative media, right, that have picked up this story and they're they're harping on the left and the liberals in Hollywood and stuff like that and 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 Harvey Weinstein, but yeah, I don't hear that any of them talking about the pedophilia, and that's what everybody knows what's going on in Hollywood. I mean, I can't. I don't know. My lady and I can't even watch movies anymore. Like we, we actually sometimes we just sit down. We're like, oh, let's watch. Let's just watch something. Let's shut off our brain for a little bit. You know, yeah, you can't really do that, of it's... course. But <laughs> yeah, but then you go and you cl- and it's like, I can't watch any of it. It's just it's garbage. It's propaganda. It's it. You know, they're trying to draw some emotion out of you. They're flashing symbolism at you. And I, I just I, I really it's been a few months since I think I've even seen a movie. So I'm, I'm the same. I actually went to film school. And learning how films were made took a lot of the magic out of the film anyway. And then learning mm-hmm. uh, all the things that I've learned and talking to people like you, it's any remaining magic has been completely stripped away. So those, those films, in that sense, don't have the ability to put me in a trance anymore. I might watch something that I watched as a kid or a TV show I, I watched growing up because that, that symbolism is still, I think, embedded there. And it's behind the layer of, of information and knowledge that came after the fact. So it's something that I still I still register as a as an emotional or a nostalgic thing. But anything past the point of learning what I've learned doesn't doesn't really connect with me. I, I have essentially no interest in it. You know, I'll watch a hockey game occasionally, watch a TV show if it's on a Netflix occasionally. But even I'm in the middle of watching it, I think I'd rather just be reading a book. I don't I don't really mm-hmm. want to watch this. I'll just I'll turn it off. Doesn't interest me. But I think the, tra- the trance has been broken. Isn't that what Hollywood is? Hollywood is the wood that the druidic magicians use to make their wands to cast spells. Boom. Conjure storms. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what sucks too is because I like movies. I've always like I've always been a movie hound. You know, I mean, I've I mean, and now it's it's. I mean, once again, maybe I'm getting older and I'm just like, ah, oh, everything's crap nowadays. But I mean, the music's crap. Movies are crap. I don't really see. I don't really see ga- gaining anything from that. Besides, at this point, besides just you know being fed brainwashed have you, you know, have material. You, I wanted to ask you: Have you looked into music videos much? <sighs> no, because I can't stand the music. <laughs> it's really something I should look more into. Um, I, there, there's a bunch of people online that do really good exposés on a lot of these new music videos. Like there's one by what's the name? Imagine Dragons or some shit. And I think that's the name of the band, but it's, it's, I mean, the video is very clearly talking about pedophilia and like trying to, I don't, I, I don't know what the intent of the video is, but I mean, it's, it's disgusting, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I should look into it more, but like, I, I don't know. You only have so much time in your day sure, and sure. I can't stand that music. So whatever. And I don't listen to it anyway. And I don't really think anyone should. So a C- couple of things I wanted to bring up. One, uh, we have a listener on the YouTube chat said 28 is also the lunar cycle. 28 is the yes. lunar cycle. Okay. Can we talk about this a little bit? Absolutely. Go ahead. 
um, 28. This is something that's so beautiful. This is that as above, so below working right in front of you, right in front of you as above or as above, so below, so below. Um, yeah. The, the cycle of the moon, 28 day cycle. You're the menstruation cycle is also 28 days mm -hmm. right now. It's roughly 28 days. And the lunar cycle is roughly 28 days. It's there. You actually have a couple different lunar cycles that you're dealing with, but one of them being 29.53 days, the synodic lunar month. And then there's a period between there that's 28. So you're dealing with a couple different things, but the menstruation cycle, the cycle that brings human beings onto this plane of existence is based on the number 28. And that's right in front of you. Now the egg drops in the womb, the egg drops couple things here <laughs> talk about egg drops between <laughs> the 12th and 16th day roughly around the 14th day the egg drops so the cycle starts at 14 the egg drops and then the cycle goes for another 14 days so that's right between your hands and that's the that's the menstruation cycle once again that brings human beings onto the plane of existence the it's it, it's called a ovaries and a, a uterus. It's called an ovaries and a uterus, or an ovaries and a uterus. And I think to bring the to bring the twins of Gemini into creation. Oh, all right, all right. And then you have menses or menstrual. I think menses, menstrual, month, and moon all come from the same linguistic root. I believe you're correct. I believe you're correct on that. Yeah. I mean, I knew I know month and month are, and you know, yeah. So, I mean, there's that, of course. I mean, that makes sense because it comes from the moon, you know, I mean, but then, I mean, even the division of seven days there too, it shows a, um, this, this strange connectivity with numbers because it's just, you know, the seven day week adding one through seven is 28, you get 28 in the moon. You know, all of that sort of stuff. It's just pretty interesting. So, Marty, we have a caller. Joseph Roop is on the line. Joseph, you're on with Marty Leeds on The Secret Teachings. How's it going, man? Hello, this how's it a, going? This is a treat, man, because I'm listening to Marty Leeds and Ryan Gable talk. You guys should do this like, you should do a 20-hour show like this. <laughs> Let's do like a... Uh, what do you call it? A marathon broadcast of this. Just for me, because I'm selfish. Just man. for you, all right. Because I'm... Yeah, well, Dude, you know, I can I'm gonna... barely listen to myself speak for like an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, being an occultist, it, you have no idea how good it feels to to hear people that understand it, that study it, that are excited about it, that understand that this secret has been, these secrets have been handed down since the day of Pythagoras, you know, and it, well, it's actually a good thing. It's not, uh, you know, it's a good thing to understand it. Is it used in a bad way by a lot of people? Absolutely. But it's a good thing to understand that, that this stuff. And, um, I was just going to ask you about that, but you started answering it, you know, that the 28 day cycle, uh, the seven, the number seven, I mean, if you read Lever seven, 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 like you guys were talking about earlier with the correspondence book that Alistair Crowley wrote. Uh, that, yeah. What's the book? Le it's Liber seven, right? Yeah, Lieber seven, Le seven, seven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sorry. just a humongous book of correspondences. And, the, the cool thing is when you look at ancient astrology, they only used seven planets. They didn't go out to Uranus and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. And then if you look at the nature of existence, everything's in sevens, especially the human body, right? Because you got the seven biological systems of the human body. So it's almost like I've asked other people about this, and I think that maybe these planets are like programs that are carving out reality, kind of. You know, I don't think they're just floating up there for no reason. Or that, you know, maybe they're aliens or whatever. I think they're there 
for a reason, you know, to help to help create reality. I'm not sure because I'm not a, bi a big mathematician like you are, but I have been watching you for a while. I wanted to get you on my show, actually, but I got really bad sick and I totally forgot about it. Now I feel like a jerk. But you know what? Listening to Ryan Gable and you talk, it's, it's man, it's so worth it. It's just this is this is the coolest show I've ever heard for me. Oh, is, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Joseph. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, the interesting thing about seven too is that um, you know all all numbers can be created with the numbers zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, right? And the, that's why you have uh, ten fingers. He's literally like zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All numbers can be created with those ten digits. Well, if you um, divide three sixty by all of those numbers. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The only one that will not divide into 360 evenly is the number seven. So it shows there's something really unique about the number seven. 360 divided by seven is 51.482857, blah, 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 blah. So it's the only one. It just shows that there's such a uniqueness about this number, even in just the division of a circle, you know? So um, when you talk about the seven planets, what, what they're up there for, you know, when you look at symbolism, how I understand it anyway, that all of these things, the stars are for signs, right? Yeah. That's what Genesis says, that they're there to help you understand who you are, where where you are, where you came from and where you're going and what you're supposed to do here. These are all signs. And that's why the study of symbolism is so important, because um, I think it helps you on your journey. Look, look, you, yeah. ha you have the number seven. It is just littered throughout history and science and mathematics. The, you have the seven hills in Rome. Buddha took seven steps at birth. Prophet Muhammad ascended into the seven heavens to meet the divine. Uh, you have the several seven liberal arts and sciences. You have the seven days of the week, the seven divine rays of light or the flames of consciousness, the seven colors of the rainbow, pure notes in a diatonic scale, seven planes of higher consciousness. The list just goes on and on and on. The seven-headed uh, seven dragon, the seven seals of revelation, revelation. the seven yeah. sins. Uh, I mean, I could just I could just recite this all day, but uh, I don't want to take up that much time. There's just a couple of a couple of examples: seven African powers, seven virtues. You know what's now, funny too about that man is that I think that religion is like religion, like you guys were talking about the stone, you know, the holy of holies, and all that. I think religion and they're being taught to worship their their consciousness being trapped. Okay, now this is just my theory. Because if you read Revelations, where John was writing from the island of Patmos, he's describing through symbolism the high priestess card. He's describing, you know, how he says, come out of her, my people, and all this stuff. These people think that this is, you know, you've got religious people thinking, well, that's, he's talking about, uh, he's talking about uh, pagans. No, 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 no. He's talking about the lunar sphere, your consciousness being trapped here. That's Gnosticism, right? isn't it, Marty? Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, I mean, when you talk about Gnosticism, I mean, what is Gnosticism? How would you define Gnosticism? There's a bunch of different versions of that. You, yeah. you could say yeah. how I understand Gnosticism is a divine mystical insight into nature, that you are given some information or knowledge and you gained it Gnostically. You gained it through your own hard work and it's given to you by nature itself. So to me, when we look at when we're talking about all these universal principles, whether that's seven, whether that's the circle, whether that's the square, whatever we're talking about, all of that stuff is nature. It's not created by man. Man didn't put <laughs> who put these here? God. Right. Right. So when we talk about Gnosticism and talk about learning from nature and then you say, well, what is nature? Well, nature's God. God put, God put all this stuff here. 
right? And so that's, to me, that's what, and, and I think when you go into any of these major religions, I think the core has been lost and that core is Gnosticism. That core is mysticism. Right. I don't, let me, let me just say this. Um, I don't know enough about Islam to be talking about Islam. I've, I've touched on it here and there, but you just said that Muhammad ascended to the seven heavens, right? What I, I mean, I, I see Islam and everything that I've gotten from Islam is that it has been completely perverted completely distorted. A lot of the core principles that were originally set forth with Islam was have been lost. There's a story of Muhammad, and he flies up to the moon and cuts the moon in half. There you go. Right? And we just talked about there's 28 phalanges, and he got 14 and 14. If that, if that period of the moon is 28 days— well, you just cut it in half and say in 14 and 14. And then, of course, that goes right to the menstruation cycle of women. And so here you have a story of Mohammed flying up to the moon and cutting the moon in half. And look at all the, 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 the rich meaning and symbolism behind that story that is completely lost to anybody that takes it literally. And, completely lost. And if I may, Muhammad— Like, no, Muhammad was an actual man. He actually flew up to the moon, and he actually cut that thing in half. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy to maybe, look, it's crazy I mean, to look I, for maybe, numbers. Maybe, I don't know. Crazy <laughs> to look for numbers, but people will believe that a, that a woman who didn't have sex had a child who walked on water, and they talked to a, uh, a snake. That's, that's not crazy, but looking for numbers in world events and seeing patterns, that somehow is more crazy. And Muhammad ascended on a white horse. Jesus rode a white horse, the pale horse. You also have the white horse symbolism uh, in—I'm uh, trying to think what was the other one. White horse, Muhammad, Jesus. You had the—well, uh, ah, you have the white bull. You have the white buffalo. But basically the white horse, which was also ridden by the, the Greek sun god— and the white horse is a representation of the sun. You have a connection to Apollo, the white horse, the sun, God, uh, the eternal flame, the first cause. All of that symbolism relates back. And essentially, it's almost as if when we look at those seven divine rays of light, as I called them, uh, emanating from a central source or the six assistants, the six days, and then the seventh day for rest, all of this information, it seems goes to a central source, and no matter what, what branch of it you start to research, whether it's a particular religion, it could be Judaism, it could be Christianity, it could be pantheism, it could be anything, you eventually, I think, find yourself back to the source, and you find, as you said, Marty, everything is kind of uh, bunched together, and it all stems from, from, from very, very similar forms of symbols and uh, mindsets. Doesn't doesn't mainly P. Hall talk about that about how each religion is a jewel on the same on the same band like the same necklace or something like that that's all leading to the same place through symbolism basically yeah, yeah and that's, something like that that's part of the story of the gates of Ishtar I think the first second third fourth fifth sixth and seventh gate where your body uh, is given a cloak then bracelets then a girdle ornaments a necklace earrings and then the crown and then you are in a sense, absorbed after death back into the, uh, the all, the, the infinite, the uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, God, for lack of a better word. That, that's, I think that's an old Babylonian story with the seven gates that are... Yeah, mm -hmm. that are, uh, yeah I'm pretty sure that's ...opened right. after uh -huh. death. When you had Lon Milo Duquette on, he was even telling you, um, I don't know if you remember that conversation, but he was telling you when he wrote the, the Key of Solomon, right? He actually went and studied to try to find out if there ever was a Solomon, and he found right, out right. all this other information, 
but he never found any data to Solomon, King David, or anything like well, that. It never existed. Well, what so is it's Solomon? Just a story with a message. I, I interviewed Acharya S. D. M. Murdoch before she passed away, and she had. Did she pass away? Yeah, she died. She actually died. She was born, I think, on Easter and died on Christmas, or born on Christmas and died on Easter, which was, you know, interesting considering her work. Uh, but she talked. Wow. About, she talked about the word Solomon is broken down, and we can see it. Most of us can just if we're uh, have a yeah. basic knowledge of, of of the things we've discussed. Solomon means son. Soul is son. Uh, Om. Om is son. And yeah, exactly. So Solomon breaks down to the son, and there are three types of the son. Manly Hall wrote about that too: the intelligent, the spiritual, and the material son. Nikel, Soroth, and those numbers equal one 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 and six six six. Interesting. I yeah, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were we going to ask? What were we going to say? I just think I'm I'm really stuck on this idea that we're supposed to get this solar ascension is the big message, I, because everything that I've studied through alchemy and listening to you guys and stuff and seeing that through basic gematria all these numbers in the Bible equal nine. Well, nine is the the foundation sphere on the tree of life, which represents the moon, which I think. And I've even heard a Rosicrucian tell me when you're dreaming, when you're, uh, you know, astral traveling and dreaming and stuff, you're in the lunar sphere. So you have to not even just wake up in that sphere, but also wake up from there to become solar. So this consciousness ascension is a, is the big story in all of this stuff. And when I think what he's talking about, come out of her, my people, I think that we're just kind of stuck in this lunar womb of consciousness trying to work our way out that's just my i think that's alchemy that's my theory that's alchemy yeah. that's that's lazarus come forth mm -hmm. raising the dead to life there's a there's all of that idea of like the the magnum opus the great work the labor of the lord if you will about being reborn right like uh, turning lead into gold same kind of thing lazarus from the womb all, yeah. the, uh, all that sort of thing right um you just mentioned nine right well, yep. when you do the numerical value of the word nine, N-I-N-E, it, it, it sums to 12. So you basically are given two numbers with the number nine, nine and 12. Well, there's 12 months of the year and you spend nine months in your mother's womb. And that is that degree would be 270. And that's the number, essentially the number of days you spend in your mother's womb is the, you know, when we look at an English gematria. Right. And then in, in INRI in Hebrew, Jesus on the cross, which the cross represents the solstices and equinoxes, of course, which is the path of the sun throughout the year, INRI equals 270. So you're given numbers of, and patterns or templates or archetypes of spiritual rebirth. You know, it's like you're born into this plane of existence and you have to go through um, a relearning process and be reborn again into your true, natural, divine, sacred self. So many Christians will say, that's blasphemous. How yeah. do, no, there's only Jesus Christ. What are you talking about? Genesis 127 <laughs> says, God made man in his own image, in the image of God created he, him, male and female created he, them. God made man, God made you in the image of him. That relearning is the and initiation. And somehow it's blasphemy to talk about the Christ within. That, that, I think that's nonsense. That relearning is the initiation into, I believe, the mystery schools, Ulysses of Memphis of Egypt. I think yep. that relearning process is what the initiates went through, guided by the hierophants, the trials, the tribulations, if you will, and then they were reborn again. And later, those mystery schools, the secret teachings, as we said, were perverted, 
and the mystical experiences were forced with hallucinate, uh, hallucinogenic drugs, uh, with uh, all various forms of uh, magical spells, if you will, the, uh, the profanation and the vulgarization of the mysteries themselves, the symbols that were inverted or that were distorted in some manner. And that led to, I think, the same form of black magic in Goetia that is being used now in these events like Sandy Hook in the case of Las Vegas and in pretty much every other similar event where we can find these patterns. Because as I suggested, what happens in Vegas also happens elsewhere. It doesn't just stay in Vegas. It happens all over the world. Super Bowl halftime show, music videos, etc. You know, you, you watch this new Taylor Swift video. I did a four-hour show on this, just the video. It opens. She's placed into the grave. Uh, a zombie Taylor Swift comes out of the ground, so she's dead, then resurrected, and it shows her as the Red Queen on a throne, serpents around her feet like Isis in the Egyptian iconography, <laughs> and then a serpent pours her a glass of tea, which is the poison apple of Snow White, and while she's sitting there, she's sitting between the two giant golden pillars. I mean, you know, if, you're going, if, if that happens by chance, and you talked a little bit about this, Marty, if that happens by chance, all right, it happens by chance. But when you see every single pop star, you see music videos, uh, you see movies, you see TV shows, you see symbolism, corporate logos, when all of them start to incorporate that same type of symbolism, either it is strictly, and I think it's a combination, but it's, it's strictly or a combination of it coming through the subconscious to the conscious, the foundation, the blueprint, mathematics of, of God, of, of the world, of life, of reality, of Maya, of the illusion— uh, or it's people intentionally, through understanding like we do, and through most of the listeners out there, you understand this while you listen to this show, you listen to Marty, you listen to Joseph here on the line, Joseph Root from Lighting the Void, and they use that information to, like, Starbucks, the siren sound. People try to leave Starbucks, they end up, of all the other businesses, they end up coming right back to Starbucks because the siren voice, the siren song pulls them back in, which is why probably they use that symbol in the first place. Yeah, when you talk about the subconscious stuff of these uh, aspect of these symbolism of the, these symbols, when you, when you talk about the sun, right, and it's found in all of the all these different logos, you know, you have to think about what the sun has been since the dawn of of time for human beings. It's the sta- sustainer. It's the bringer of life. It's savior. the chronicler. It's the it's it's the savior. It, it is the savior. The sun is the savior. You're totally right because when winter hits and everything's dying and you're running out of food, what's the thing that's going to bring life back? Well, it's it's found in the symbol of the sea. It's not even symbolic. It's just what happens in the season. The seasons. Spring comes, everything things come back come back to life. So the sun is the sustainer and the the bringer of life. And then you say, well, why would they use that as a symbol? Because for how, how however long human beings have been here, that means life, if you will. And it, 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 you know what I'm saying, right? I think that's what George Carlin was was alluding to when he was joking about religion and talked about how if I'm going to find something to worship, I'm going to worship the sun. I think that's what he was suggesting too. And and you're exactly right. Uh, I was just referencing George Carlin, but the sun goes through a cycle, and the sun was also represented. This going back to the the number nine, Joseph, and what you said, Marty, about the uh, about the being in the womb for nine months, the earth also goes through a similar cycle. It was told in Greek mythology as Persephone and Demeter, and the earth goes through a cycle. When the sun dies, it sinks into the lower portion of the southern hemisphere during the winter solstice, during Yule, and what happens is when the sun moves a north, uh, a nor- in a northern path a, a degree or two, December 25th into December 26th, it is risen again, and in the springtime, when the daylight overtakes the darkness, 
Jesus was resurrected during what? Easter. Easter, mm-hmm. Ostara, Ishtar. Ishtar comes in Babylonian mythology from the heavens in an egg. Lady Gaga came to the Grammys in an egg. Uh, the symbolism yeah. of the harvest, therefore, is the sun brings light back to the world, rising out of the tomb, winter solstice, and nine months later, we have the harvest, the final harvest of the year, a thanksgiving. And in Las Vegas, we had the harvest festival around this time and all the symbolism and the event that took place in Las Vegas. It is not a coincidence. And, and people say that, like, oh, it's like, no, that's solar worship. And there's there's parts of the Bible, I think, in, like, Ezekiel or whatever that says, oh, don't worship the sun, don't work, don't worship uh, icons and images and stuff like that. And to me, this is not a worship of the sun. It's, it's a worship of what the sun is symbolic of, is what the sun represents. And that is the natural principles and cycles of which God created. God created the sun, God created the moon, God created the earth, God created those seasons. The sun represents that in its most basic form. You know what I mean? Ba- you know, the, the solar symbol, I mean, sim- the solar symbol is has been is and has been the monad, right? The monad, yes. Right? The monad. And what is the monad? It's a circle and a, and a point in the center of it, right? Symbol, S-Y-M-B-O-L, is the same as, phonetically, is the same as a crash symbol. Or a ride symbol on a snare kit or on a kit, right? What is that symbol? It's a circle and a dot, dot in the middle. <laughs> so the word symbol in and of itself, when you take it into a musical context, is actually talking about the sun. And that's harmony. Harmony. Like the Harmony, the music, of Orpheus. Vibration, number, etc. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it weird that everything in creation that we have is designed from a higher purpose and a higher law? Everything. And the, the, the dark magicians want us to forget that. They don't want us to know that. That's the most important thing is that man, from my own studies and what I've come to understand, is that man was put here for a divine purpose. And that is to experience this, experience the sacred, wake himself up, be reborn. And the, the dark wizards and magicians of this world are trying to take that knowledge system from humankind. So we will be born into this dimension and just be, we ain't got a clue what's going on. And so therefore, you do that over generation after generation after generation, there's a chance that we might not ever get it back, you know? I have, I have a thought, Marty, and Joseph, you're on the line still, Joseph Root from Lighting the Void. I'm thinking that in, in terms of black magicians, if you will, if we're watching a traditional form of magic, a magician on stage pulling the rabbit out of the hat, pushing some metal loops together, etc., if we give them power over us as an audience so that we believe what they're doing is a form of magic in the sense that there is no action to form a reaction that we see, that there's no apparent action. It's just a form of magic. It just happens. If we give them that power, well, we grant them that power. They have that power over us. And if we understand how the trick, if you will, trick is something a whore does for money, arrested development, but if we... (laughs) If we give them the power of that illusion nice. of, of the waving of the Hollywood wand of the Druidic magicians to conjure up storms and to create illusions, if we give them that power, they have it. If we take that power away by understanding, then they cannot hold that on us. They cannot hold that over us. And so when one of these events is orchestrated, when the, the, the magician waves his wand and there's Las Vegas, there's Sandy Hook, there's Aurora, Colorado, etc., 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 as an audience, we're not setting back in awe of how could this happen again? How could people die? How could somebody be this this evil? 
we're sitting there and we're actually able to pick it apart objectively without the emotional constraints that prevents us from recognizing the patterns that connect all of these events together. And therefore, we have power over the magicians and the black magicians who like to produce these types of events through the symbolism that they portray to us publicly, but then do it partly behind the scenes is, as you said at the beginning about the secret teachings, Marty, it is a mockery. It is a mockery of the occult sciences, and that's why they do it partly behind the scenes, but partly it is very obvious to even people who are not aware of what these symbols mean, it's obvious that there's something more to one of these events. My point, though, is once we recognize it, we take the power away from that magician no longer are we subdued by that magical wand that produces the illusion. Yeah, that's awesome. Did, did Ryan Gable just <laughs> knock it out he of the park? The, or what? He broke the internet. Ryan just broke the internet. Yeah, it was, it was a per, perfectly said, man. That's I mean, that's basically how I feel. I could drop. Hey, the I wanna, I'm going to get out of here, but I want to tell you guys something that, real quick. If you look on the tarot card, if you look at the magician card. That card represents what you're supposed to do. It shows you each symbol. You know, it shows you earth, air, fire, water. It shows you each magician's tool. And I would challenge everybody that's listening not to be afraid of becoming your own magician, to become a white magician or a good, to become the magician because that's the sole purpose in this whole walk, this alchemical walk, is to understand these symbols and then start using them in your life in a good way to help people, to help raise consciousness in the earth and not to be afraid of it. And that's really my biggest message, I think, is stop being afraid of it and use it for your own good. For good. And um, there's, that's, a, there's so much more to that, but I'll, I'll quit with that. No, that's the, I, I just want a, a little addendum to that too. That's, that's really well said. Um, and I'd also say this, but tread lightly. Yeah. You know, cause, definitely. cause th this isn't a joke, you know, this is, this is pretty heady stuff. And I mean, I, I think people, if they don't keep their head on, you know, head in the clouds, feet in the ground kind of thing, when they go into this, you can get lost, you know? And I, I would say that I, I actually know some people that went into some of this area that yep. had too much of an ego, were too megalomaniacal, didn't have their shit together, and I would say they lost it. Um, but, I, it, yeah, I would just say that. So Yeah, because those forces are real. They're definitely they real. If you, if you look at the old mystery schools of Pythagoras and Egypt and all that, you know that we have mystery schools today. Masonry is a very small form of the real mystery school. Then you have the Golden Dawn, which was an advanced version of the mystery school. And then you have Rosicrucianism, whatever. But when you go back and you look at the old mystery schools, like he was talking about, the Mithras and, and the, the Egyptian mystery and Pythagoras, they didn't just let anybody come through. They didn't, you couldn't, it took years for some people just Decades to get to the next sometimes. level, you know, because you getting rid of your ego and understanding that we're all one, but separate is a big, big thing, man. And it's, now you got people just flying in there and picking up every occult book and magic and doing every spell that they can put their hands on and stuff. And yeah, and I know somebody personally that's strapped to a bed right now getting shock treatments because they started calling in forces to themselves they weren't ready for or they shouldn't have been messing with in the first place. You know, That's a great uh, point, Joseph. In fact, I read somewhere, I think it was maybe a Manly P. Hall book, 
I think it was Pythagoras, he had to wait a decade before he was allowed into the inner sanctum of the Egyptian uh, mystery, specifically in Memphis. And they did that in India, too, before you could... There were three levels in Indian mysticism, and before you could go to the second level, you had to study for a decade. You could not become a third-degree master until you were like 60 or 70 years old. They didn't just hand it out to anybody who paid dues, and that's unfortunately what happened to Masonry. I was talking to Jordan, Jordan Maxwell about this. Masonry has lost the keys. They've lost the secrets and the understandings. And I, I think that's why, because uh, Jordan Maxwell knew Manley Hall, and I suggested, and Jordan said, yeah, I think that's it. Manley Hall was initiated as an honorary Mason. He, w- he didn't go through any of the processes. He just yeah, wrote he so many books. Isn't that, isn't that so funny, man? Because you will see so many people online that be like, Manley P. Hall, he was a Mason. You can't trust him. And it was like, actually, he wasn't a Mason. <laughs> he wasn't. He was only initiated at, at the very end yeah. because he had done so much work on esotericism. And I, I think the Masons, as, a, as an organization, they were, in a, in a sense, they were terrified of him because he knew more about the yep. order than he did, or than they yeah, did, right. rather. <laughs> That's why they and brought him in. I mean, you guys have read this stuff. I'm sure you've read many books by Manly B. Hall and all these other Masons. Uh, by their own accord, they were a recapitulation of the mystery schools. They were oh, yeah. trying to keep this information alive. And then, of course, we talked about what's probably happened to the school over time and stuff like that. But isn't it an issue? Isn't it interesting that there's two things with Masonry that I find really, really interesting? That number one, in order to be to get involved in Masonry, you have to believe in God. Doesn't matter if it's the Egyptian gods or Persian gods or Catholic or Christian, whatever it is. You have to believe in God. And number two, they're not going to evangelize to you. They don't go and be like trying to get you. You have to decide to become a Mason. You have to decide through your own accord, through your own free will. You have to self-initiate yourself into that mystery. That act alone is what's needed for you to go on the true spiritual quest, the true religious quest, which is re- religion, relink, rebind, rechain yourself to God. It's the quest for and the golden re fleece. is important because re means to do again, right? So re means to do again, ligio, link, chain, bind, union, religio, religion, rebind yourself. Well, re, if, if, you know, re means to do again, that means at w- what one point you were bounded, you were uh, with God, you were one with God, and there was that fall of man. And your journey is to relink yourself back and you have to self-initiate yourself that's what that's, it, that's what you're saying joseph about being a magician that is the uh, the path if you will i've got the hermit tarot card up here on the youtube stream uh that is the yeah that's the hard part <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> the, card too the hermit the, yeah when, the hermit card yeah that's that's when you start realizing that you're alone and that nobody understands you and they think you're a nutcase <laughs> boom but dude you're going through this you're going through this tunnel by yourself and you're holding that light in front of you because you know you're headed somewhere important and look at that his his head is down he's in he's in a meditative state he's contemplating he's got that third eye lit he's got the the light he's got the staff he's got captured he's got the staff the wand the scepter the this uh, right there i mean so much symbolism and 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 And, it's perfect you said it perfectly man about the hermit is that you know he's where he is in life it's well said inside Uh, can i say one thing really quick yeah, yeah, go ahead. Can go I ahead. say one thing? Go ahead. We've got the first um, 10 cards. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 cards of the Tarot deck. We got the Fool. You guys all know this. The Fool, the Magician, the High Priestess, the Empress. We got the Emperor. We got the Hierophant. We got the Lovers, the Chariot, Strength, and the Hermit. If you add these up in English Gematria, the first 10 cards, which actually forms, the 10 cards actually form the Celtic Cross. You've got the, the six and then the four on the side. It equals 314. 
the first 10 cards if you add them up. So, in terms of the actual name, the hermit or just hermit? Yeah, pu- pu- punch it in. Punch it, um, actually, go to martyleads33.com. On the home page, there's, there's a calculator with the whole cipher there. And you could punch it in right now. You could actually probably show it as we're speaking. Have a look at these so, here. Oh, uh, so I was we gonna... don't have to do it right now, but just to let everybody know. So the the tarot deck, and I did a. Um, it's it's only available for Patreons, um, but it, I did a whole video decoding basically every card and how this whole thing was encoded with Gamatri as well. Oh, it absolutely is. And in fact, if you have a look here, you can see the symbol we've been talking about. You have a look on the Hermit card, really close. If I can get it up to the video, inside of his lantern is a six pointed star. Yep, the six pointed yep, star. That's... The two yep. triangles. Yep. Um, Six-pointed star. There it is. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I'm of course, Joseph. I, <laughs> hey, good to talk to you, man. Hey, you have a good night, buddy, okay? All right. All right, bye-bye. All right, there goes Joseph Roop from Lighting the Void. Uh, I have to hey, say... with that said, I'm, I'm probably going to have to get going here, actually. Uh, yeah, I thought that. I was, gonna, up, so. I was going to suggest that maybe you can take a moment now, and uh, if you'd like to have the floor... You can talk about anything that you'd like, mention your website, your work. This has been one of the most enjoyable interviews, well, conversations, really, that I've ever done. I knew that you and I would get along well, and uh, the only regret I have is that we didn't find each other earlier. But (laughs) thank thank you so much, Marty, for coming on the show. The floor is yours for a few minutes. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. This has been uh... It's been a riot. Um, okay, so what do I got going on? Um, got books for sales and stuff like that on martyleads33.com. Um, as I just said, I've got the calculator on the homepage, so you can go and use the calculator for free. And then on Marty Leads 33 on YouTube, tons of videos I've got. Um, and then I'm starting to do – I'm going to do this for a while and see how it goes anyway. Basically every Thursday at 7.06, which is – is six hours and 66 minutes afternoon. Uh, at 7.06, I'm going to be doing live streams every week. And so it's just me whiteboard and uh, doing a presentation, then do a Q&A after. So any, uh, you're all welcome. You're all welcome for the, to the comment section and chat as long as you're not an asshole. If you're an asshole, we boot you. <laughs> Other than that, you're all welcome. And so and I'm going to be covering just a ton, a ton of different stuff. So the first one I'm going to be doing, the first live, well, besides the the occulting of the Las Vegas shooting that I just did. The next one I'm going to be doing is the 42 generations of Jesus Christ that's found in the opening pages of Matthew. And so we're going to be looking at that and how that encodes pie out of all things. So, and then there's some other ones that I'm going to be doing uh, in the future, but um, so look, just look forward to that. So, and then I'm also working on, it'll probably be a while before this comes out, but basically a big anthology of all the work that I've done through the past, basically 10 years um, and big ass book, probably hundred, or 800 pages or something like that. So so that's all in the works right now. And then I also just released a, a record of music um, you can get on my site. It's called um, This Film Has Not Yet Been Rated. And so I've got records for sale and stuff like that on the site. So that's me in a nutshell. MartyLeads33.com, M-A-R-T-Y-L-E-E-D-S, 33.com. And that 33 there, Marty, I'm starting to think you're a devil worshiper. I don't know. Yeah, a little, well, bit, little bit nervous. Let, let me <laughs> let me ask you one last question. If you look on the YouTube, my favorite book. This is the book that got me started in terms of understanding the secret teachings of all ages. Other than recommending your own books, which I'll do sometimes, Marty, what book would you say got Marty leads more on that hermit path? Um. Well, hermit path. The hermit path. That's, 
Yeah, um, this is an absolutely fantastic book. If you want uh, an introduction into some of these ideas, it's called um, Hermetic Masonry, Frank C. Higgins. There's a a bunch of books that are actually probably better than this book in talking about some of this stuff. But as far as like, you know, how how long this book is, it's very succinct. It goes right to the point. It covers a a ton of different stuff. I'd highly recommend this. Frank C. Higgins in and of itself is, he's just a great esoteric author. I see you have some, you have some tags there too. I've got my, my secret teachings book. Every book. (laughs) Yeah. All my books look like this too. Yeah. Mark the hell out of all my books. See that on the YouTube. Anyway, Marty, thank you so much. Marty leads 33.com right here on the secret teachings. Thank you so much, my friend. Namaste. I will talk to you later. All right. Namaste equals 22 and has seven letters, and 22 divided by seven is pi. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.